The Football Frenzy. Hey, you hit me so hard down there. The Football Frenzy on Cofield and Company. Company. Golden Knights hockey is coming up in two hours. We're on the scene at Sierra Gold on Eastern. Great spot. If you uh, don't know where it is, for people who have been here for a while, this used to be the old T-Birds, so we're over on this side of town all the time. Stones throw away from our spot yesterday over at Twin Peaks. But here's the deal. At Sierra Gold today, great specials. And these are hockey specials for all the PTs throughout the season. You got the uh, Animal Tots, just 4 bucks. Uh, chicken fingers and fries, uh, 8 bucks during the games. You got a pretzel dog and fries on special. Chicken empanadas, cheap beer buckets. If you want Modelo, they've got 2 bucks off pints and micheladas. So an excellent spot to hang out. And uh, Casamigos, if you want to shoot a little tequila. Great gaming here as well. The October gaming special. A couple of jerseys are available at each location based on points accrued gaming. Uh, this location has a Jack Eichel sweater and also a Mark Stone jersey. Adam Hill is here. It's Cofield. Ari's back in the Finley Toyota Studios. Let's get to the frenzy. Raiders lose. Raiders lose. Raiders lose. It's been... The theme too often this year is they're out to a one and four start, and you come out of every game at them, and you're like, well, you know, they're pretty freaking close. So we're going to get to a lot of that all throughout this hour, the five o'clock hour out here at Sierra Gold. I did want to start out with a college note, though. Two of the best stories in the country are UNLV football for college football and Kansas football. UNLV right now, we don't know the status of Doug Brumfield. Um, it could be a concussion. Marcus Arroyo told us yesterday at the press conference he's got an ankle and he's got a head injury. He didn't know exactly when it happened in the San Jose State game. I asked if he thought it was a dirty play, and he wouldn't say. Uh, but he did say after the game that he got tackled on his head. So I thought that was kind of an interesting way to put it in the aftermath following the game. So now what we've got, and I'll get to the Kansas story because that's even worse. Because I think Brumfield, and again, I – you know, Doc Cofield is often wrong, so I don't know if this is something super long-term. But he did say it was I, in the San Jose State game? He said he got tackled in the game. Okay. I don't know if he said he suffered the head injury in the game, but it seemed clear that okay. he did. And I know you want to go back to when he got nearly knocked out on the sideline against New Mexico. Do we want to turn it into a Tua situation? No, I was, just wonder, I was wondering if they yeah. specifically said it was during the San Jose State game, just to make sure. It's a good point. I'd, I'd have to go back. But he did mention after the game and also in the press conference about you know being tackled on his head. So I would say 99% sure that the injury happened against San Jose State. Uh, there is chatter now with a couple of different things, a couple of different topics. One, a lot of fans are like, they don't even know the injury, the extent of the injury. Like, Brumfield could be, for all I know, he could be cleared on Thursday. I don't think that'll be the case. But he could be cleared this Thursday for Air Force at home. And fans, a bunch of them, Yesterday we're saying, you know, just hold him out of Air Force and Notre Dame. Okay, well, what if he can play against Notre Dame? Well, the bowl game is what matters. Like, if you can win a game at Notre Dame with Doug Brumfield and he's healthy, then you play him at Notre Dame. All this, There's always this defeatist kind of worrying of the next shoot a drop. I mean, I guess I get it because, you know, people were firing back at me like, I've had 20 years of, you know, of scars. Brothers and sisters out there who watch football, I've had 40 years of scars. Sure. Okay? I'm older than you, most of you. And I root for some horrific teams and, you know, follow a program and, and uh, you know, work around a program in UNLV that struggled. 
if you have a healthy player who's a key player, you don't need to save him. If the doctors say he's good to go, then he's good to go and he plays. Well, to, to that don't, point. Don't look, at every, don't look at certain opponents as, like, insurmountable. They can beat everyone on the schedule. Now, that said, they could lose to everyone on the schedule sure. the rest of the way. But to, to that point, I mean, I, I do think it should be a consideration. I just don't think it should be an automatic. Like, I don't think you should automatically say, just hold him out until after the Notre Dame game. Well, okay, well, if the doctor said, okay, he's, he can go, but another week of rest would, might help him, then I'd right. say, yeah, hold him out. Like, okay. I, I, that, I'm that's with that. the case. I'm with that. I, I think it should healthy. be a factor. People look at it and they're like, they're not going to win anyway. Right. It's Notre Dame already lost to Marshall. Yeah. All right. They look like they're getting better. They're not unbeatable. Nowhere's Air Force. Uh, again, I'll say it. They can win any, any game the rest of the way. They can lose any game the so, rest of the way. Now, the, good. So, no, side note, I just wanted to point out that um, like, I, I wasn't here yesterday to talk about it, but being at that game Saturday, to be, see a college atmosphere in that stadium was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome to see that Notre Dame-BYU game on Saturday. Uh, Sounded loud. Yeah, it, it was incredible uh, to to be in there. I was um, very. It was a very cool thing. You know, I was working covering it, but uh, just to be in there was a very very good experience. Mostly Notre Dame fans. Nah, I mean, I thought going in to be sixty forty BYU. Mm, okay, and I think it was closer to fifty fifty, maybe fifty five forty five Notre Dame. Yeah, it looked like a big time atmosphere, and I thought NBC did a good job of. Uh we'll say putting on the game and using Manti Teo and Chad yeah. Lewis as analyst and Catherine Tappan uh, down on the field. I thought it was, it was pretty cool. And you know what I'm going to say? Um, of the two guys on the broadcast team, play-by-play and color, I liked Jason Garrett. What? I actually thought he was pretty good. Now, I will say as it went along, one thing he's got to adjust to, you can be on the Notre Dame broadcast that is, you know, not exactly a home broadcast. You can be on there without sounding like a homer. There was a lot of patting on the back and a lot of how great Notre Dame is and how special their players are. You can cut that down a little bit. You can still you can still service your masters without being a complete kiss ass. You can, but he just got he he just started. You can, but it's been going like that forever. Those broadcasts have been like that for a long time. Maybe I haven't watched enough. It's of the one broadcast. of the reasons. It's one of the reasons I've. I, I look. I I don't. I have feelings for whatever. It's one of the reasons I have a hard time getting behind Notre Dame as a storyline yeah. because it's been beaten into me for so long. These are just better kids than everywhere else. Like, all right. I don't I, – did Tariko do that? I don't know necessarily. I'm thinking more like, you know, 10, yeah. 10 years ago. Uh, like Tom Harmon. Uh, sure. Yeah, because Jack Collinsworth has no shot. He's just not no. He's just not experienced enough to have the confidence sure. to be able to do a down. You know, a, I'm not saying a down the middle broadcast, but sound like he's down the middle, but still, you know, sixty percent for Notre Dame. There's a way to do it. And you know what? I'm gonna point. I gotta point out something real quick too. We've played Horowitz highlights throughout the show. Jason Horowitz did a really good job last night. And you know what? What's something that drives me nuts about home broadcasters on radio? NFL home broadcasters on radio of screaming over the over the <laughs> over the color guy. No, no, other way around. Screaming when things are going well for the Raiders, as an example, and mumbling (laughs) and getting all dejected and depressed when something happens on the other side. When Travis Kelsey caught the touchdowns. Do we have any of these touchdown calls for Kelsey? Is that something the Commodore 64 can do, or is it going to blow up? Um, (laughs) They're smoking. when, When Kelsey, I think it was the fourth that we heard earlier in the show, when Kelsey scored the touchdowns, like you knew he scored the touchdowns. It doesn't have to get all mopey and depressed. And, frankly, if you're trying to appeal to those fans, the 10% that need you to only scream when good things happen to the Raiders, 
then you're making a mistake by trying to appeal to those fans. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, I, I, I think it's getting even higher than that now where people just want to be told that they're right and hear things on their side and all those things. So it might be higher than 10%, but I know what you're saying. I think we have it. Maybe not. <laughs> Mahomes, back to pass. Pocket collapses. Rolls out to the right. Fires short. Kelsey has it at the 8. Racing back towards the middle. Raiders diving for him. Can't tackle him. Touchdown, Kelsey. The Raiders right? at 3. Perfect. That's good. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. You knew what happened. You knew something happened. I know I'm a stickler on this. But I like what I like. I would like to hear a jackpot, baby. <laughs> we had him yesterday. We were playing old highlights. Yeah. We were playing the highlights of the 40-32 game. There was a bunch of jackpot babies. <laughs> At some point, maybe Horowitz will pick it up. Who knows? I don't think so. I think he's got his own things. Yeah, the the, uh, the other point I, I started to veer towards Kansas. was Kansas lost their quarterback for the season, which sucks. Jalen Daniels had turned them around, turned around the program. He's down for the season with a uh, – Grade three separation of the right shoulder. All right, crunch, crunch. Well, good job if you bet the Raiders. How about this weekend with the division underdogs all doing well? I mean, look, you know, it's the preparation is a little bit easier because you're familiar. Um, I think those games are naturally going to be closer in a way. I don't think it's, you know, if you start just saying, I'm going to bet every single one of them now because I saw this, like, yeah. calm down. Don't, don't. But it is <laughs> something to keep in mind going forward in terms yeah. of your handicapping. Bengals, Jets, Falcons, Bears, Texans, and then the Raiders. Crunch, crunch. <laughs> My Lord. After the game, when they put um, Pat Mahomes' numbers up on the screen, <laughs> it, just, it really is staggering how ridiculous he's been against the Raiders. 320 yards per game, 8-1 and one record, 36 points per game, and 26 touchdowns. Versus three interceptions. And then you throw in Kelsey, who you heard there, with four touchdowns. What was the Al Bundy thing? Uh, there was a whole, an old, uh, you know, Al Bundy, the high school hero, once scored four touchdowns in a game. And people started saying that right away about, about Kelsey because he got the four touchdowns. And so Kelsey retweeted said, he's been my role model my entire life. <laughs> Which, Is that if, right? if you followed Travis awesome. Kelsey. Uh, yeah. it, it makes sense. See? He's he's Travis Kels is uh he is like the real life Al Bundy. I think. Next up. So the biggest problem down the stretch with the going forward on the two point conversion. For me, Adam, because I don't mind down thirty twenty nine. If you think your, uh, you know, your defense is, uh, I guess it wouldn't be the defense was in trouble. If you wanted to put the Chiefs in a different position in terms of getting down the field quickly and going at a higher pace. That was kind of the way Josh McDaniels explained it, if I had that right. I think you do have to be consistent throughout the game with aggression, and I cannot stand, you know this, I cannot stand. Daniel Carlson is awesome, and it's not him that I can't stand, but Carlson kicking on fourth and one or two, anything between like 50 and 59 yarders is infuriating to me, and they did it a couple of times last night to go up, what, 17 nothing and 20 nothing. You do not beat the Chiefs. They're 8-1 against you. They score 36 points per game. You don't beat them kicking field goals. No, you don't. And, and it, it shouldn't change your – I mean, the situation does change something, but I, I'm, I, can almost, I can almost bet on it. And, I, God, very frustrating uh, 
day at, a, at, the, at the facility where I, I said at the end, I have two questions, and they said, yeah, you, you can ask one. So I had to choose which question to ask, and one was going to be about the fourth and one decision. Uh, so I didn't get that in. But I can almost picture that McDaniel's answer was going to be, you know, at that point of the game, we're up 14 nothing. We want to go up three scores. We don't want to have, you know, a, a chance to give them momentum back where it's it's 14-0, you don't get it. They get fired up, they get momentum, the crowd gets behind them, and they get it to 14-7, and all of a sudden it's a different game. Like, I understand that kind of traditional part of the thinking, but to your point, like, field goals aren't going to win, and I, when the Raiders got the ball back at the end of the game, I was actually stunned to hear the number, and I didn't even go back and look at it. I just trusted the broadcast for it. The Raiders got the ball with a chance to win at the end, and the announcer said... The Raiders have scored on six of their last seven possessions. I know. I couldn't believe that. And I was like, wait, what? And I, mean, I look back. Shouldn't they and be like, up? Yeah. Like, shouldn't they be up? Shouldn't they be in the 40s right now? A bunch of field goals, though. And like, yeah. I get it. And I get the traditional thought process, but it's just, it's not the right thing to do. Fourth and one, the 53 yarder. Now it does change. Look, this is part of analytics. It changes the fact that you have the best kicker in the league right now in Daniel Carlson, who never misses. And is it 38 in a row? Is that right? Yeah. Is that the number? And so when you say, you know, hey, you're going to kick a field goal here, that's not a, that's a pretty risky proposition. Not for him. Like, he's probably going to make it. But still, you have to take into consideration he could miss and all the, all the parts that go with that. Your offense is going well. You're running the ball really well. Get the yard. Get the yard and go score a touchdown. And they didn't. They kicked the field goal. And I thought uh, of all the decisions, I, I still think Andy Reid punting on fourth and three, Late in the game was the worst decision of the game, but I think kicking that field goal uh, on fourth and one from the 36-yard line up 14 nothing was right there with it. Yeah, couldn't stand it. Uh, here's McDaniels going towards the end of the game, down 30-29, trying to explain uh, his thought process on going for two and trying to take the lead. If you tie the game up, there really is no downside to them taking their time and moving it down, kind of you know just systematically trying to get it down there and potentially end the game with the ball. Uh, there's pros and cons to both. I understand both arguments. Um, I have no idea what we would have done in the past with a different team and a different nature. I just felt like in that situation, I also liked the play we had up and it had options on it and so on and so forth. So, That last part, that last part, I wanted you to explain because Josh Jacobs runs the ball. What were the other options? Um. What could plug? do you know what Carr could have checked to? Well, no. As as I pointed out, I mean, I think there was. If you watch the play back, what Devonte Adams did off the line was just kind of stand up, walk for like three steps, and then quickly accelerate into a slant. So I think that was potentially part of what they could have done. He could have held onto the ball and thrown it. Um, and he was he was open, but again, they had already decided to give the ball. Uh, but I also wanted to point out in that answer, he says. I don't know what we would have done in the past because the question was, is that something you would have done in New England? <laughs> Which I was like, I'd, I don't know how he's supposed to answer that question. Um, but, yeah, he he was saying this is our decision. This is Actually, I thought it was a great – I thought it was a good thing to throw in there, and Chris Matthews threw him about 14 questions yeah. in, a, in, in one question. But I would have loved for – and you know by now McDaniel's not going to say anything, but no. I, I would have loved for him to talk about, hey, the, you know, I mean, I guess he's not going to because he would have said, of course, we're, we're going to be a lot more aggressive with Tom Brady uh, you know, than we were <laughs> yeah. in this case. But gone yeah, full. I, don't think we, I don't think we need to bring up Brady versus Carr. He would have gone right full now. Ron Rivera and just thrown his quarterback under the bus. 
Which was, that was, tell the audience what Rivera said about, about problems with the team. Well, to be fair, it is slightly, it's slightly out of context, but uh, he said the rest of the NFC East, the reason they're successful and the commanders are not, easy, quarterbacks. Well, oh, wow. he, did, he did go on to kind of explain a little bit, and especially as ridiculous as that is, I mean, the Cowboys are 4-1 with Cooper Rush, who threw for less than 100 yards this week, uh, and Daniel Jones has been an abject disaster until this season. In fact, one of the things I was just going to point out with uh, with Sam when he was just on, uh, and, and you and you were discussing the Giants, is one of the most obvious yet completely overlooked reasons that the Giants are successful is that Daniel Jones, the first couple years of his career, was averaging over a fumble a game, and he stopped fumbling all of a sudden. So I don't know if they fixed that or they did something differently or he just learned how to hold on to the ball. But I think I think he only has one fumble this year after averaging more than one per game over the first three years of his career. That's crazy. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at Adam Hill LVRJ or tweet the show at Cofield and Co. This is why people say the NFL is rigged. Brady Jarrett makes an unbelievable play to sack Tom Brady late in the game and they call a personal foul ridiculous all of Jarrett's momentum is also going to the ground he makes a football move you have to let that go you're listening to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas lots of developing sports talk talent on TikTok that's where I watch my sports talk Adam Hill that was pulled from TikTok very upset Informing the masses about uh, Grady Jarrett and Tom Brady and others responding with videos of how to kind of caress Tom Brady and gently drop him to the ground. So a lot of people pissed off right now about the roughing the passer, and it happened in the Raiders game last night where Las Vegas benefits from it. Chris Jones, strip sack, pulls the ball away from Carr, falls on him even though he was trying to brace himself, and uh, Carl Jeffers and his staff uh, they believe they got the call right, though, right, Adam? Well, that's what they said. I mean, it, it's it's one of the most bizarre things in, in the NFL in terms of reporting is the pool report going into the – there's a pool reporter designated in every city. Um, right. Mentioned earlier, the one here in Las Vegas for games at Allegiant Stadium would be Case Kiefer. Uh, the, but that pool reporter is designated to go in and ask the questions to the – uh, referees, you don't have like a big media scrum. You don't have everybody attacking and throwing questions out. It's one person, couple questions. What would you see? And the answers are always the same. We we saw the penalty. Well, what made you call that penalty? Well, we believe he committed the penalty. It's just it's so silly and non-productive. Um, they've never said, "Hey, it was a mistake. We screwed up." They've never done any of that, and they never will. Uh, so it's it's kind of silly, but it is you know an important part of the process, I suppose. Uh, by the way. Guardians one nothing home run, uh, but yeah, it, it's they they stand by it. I, I think you know you heard uh, the the official that's on the broadcast kind of say, look, they're not supposed to call this when the guy tries to brace himself, and I think it probably would have been overturned on replay, but they're not allowed to watch replay, and so that may change. They may do that soon, but um, on the field, they thought that they had the call and they called it, and I just don't think it was correct. That can't change during the season, though, right? That'll be addressed after the season? I mean, I don't think it can. I, I think it would, it would be incredibly shocking and incredibly rare to change a rule during the season. I don't think they will. They can change emphasis. You know, we've seen them do that in the past. We talked about the 
the holding on the field goal, something that was called three times in one season and like four times in the other 12 seasons the last 13 years. Um, so it, it would appear that one year they said, hey, start calling this because they're doing it too much. Uh, so they can do that. They can start saying, hey, let's enforce this. Let's watch this closer. But I, I don't think they can change it, and I don't think they should, even as bad as it is. Like, I don't think you should change it because what if a team that already benefited from that bad call benefits again from not having the call? Like, it wouldn't be fair at all. VGK drops the puck here in about an hour and 35 minutes. Here is Sierra Gold. We're hanging out until 7 o'clock after the show. We'll be giving away a bunch of prizes. They've got great specials. Food and drinks starting as low as 4 bucks. It's ninety four sixty five on Eastern, just south of the 215 and just south of Serene. Uh, hockey specials include uh, chicken tenders and fries on special. Got the uh, mini crispy Korean beef tacos, pretzel, dog, and fries, chicken empanadas, cheap bucket specials, and Modelo and uh, Casamigos are also featured in specials. And Chance and Viva Vegas, the VGK cheerleaders, are going to be here. I saw a guy that I worked with, uh, I don't know, some 25 years ago, who covers the NFL, named Craig Ellenport. <laughs> he said uh, maybe they're the best 1-4 team, the Raiders. But they deserve to be one and four. And let's face it, Josh McDaniels is not a big time head coach. You ready to say that? No, not necessarily. I mean, look, they've been they've been in every game. Um, they've had they've actually had the ball with a chance to win or tie at the end of all all five games. That one of them, one of them, they were already had, sorry, they were already had. So all, all four losses, they had the ball with a chance to win or tie in all four losses um, in the final couple minutes, and they haven't been able to come through so you know you can say that's coaching I don't necessarily think that's the case I think you know if Devontae Adams doesn't bobble that ball and as you said the ball wasn't placed very well but if Carr places a little better and Adams pulls it in the Raiders win that game they're already in field goal range and as you said Daniel Carlson has made 38 in a row I don't you know I don't think that's the one he misses uh, he made five walk-off kicks last year so he's pretty confident in that situation um then do we say he's a great coach because he led them to that? I mean, it's it's little tiny things that are not executed well that change your perception of things. And I don't think, you know, I mean, it sounds ridiculous, but wins and losses are not the end-all, be-all of a coach. Sometimes they put the team in the right position to win, they do the right thing, and the team just doesn't come through. 364-1100, Caller 7R. We'll get tickets to see the Scorpions, Mick Ultra Arena. You can grab your tickets at AXS.com. The show is on October 21st. Again, the uh, Scorpions are in town, 364-1100. So they've got the bye week now. And now the question is, and maybe we'll have Adam answer this if he can, is this a recovery period? They get rejuvenated, or is everything going to fester and they come back and implode because of the 1-4 and four start? Wednesdays, it's the Marcus Arroyo Radio Show at 6 p.m. right here on ESPN Las Vegas. I mean, they're just so mean to me. You know, I'm just used to it. What's crazy is I see a lot of Kansas City fans wherever, and they're always, like, so nice to me until we get to the stadium and they got to be mean for their friends and Twitter. Besides that, I have so much respect for this place. I just love the environment, the loudness, the hostileness of it. Great crowd, great fans, great team. I just have always enjoyed that hostile kind of feel environment. As a competitor, I just happen to like it. Now, back to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. Derek Carr on the way back, being nice. It is a great environment, and they mostly have good fans, and there's outliers in every crowd. And unfortunately, last night, the outliers. 
acted like idiots and they were throwing stuff at the Raiders as they were coming off the field. And I think you said, uh, was it Crosby who may have thrown something back? Uh, that was on the broadcast. I, I didn't see that. Um, yeah. But yeah, they said they thought they saw Crosby doing, which I don't necessarily blame them. But um, and as I tweeted out last night, like the the players don't want bad calls to decide the games. Right. The, the Raiders were playing unbelievable at that point. You think they want at the, at the end for everybody to say, "Yeah, sure," but you only won because that call. Players don't want that, so don't take it out on them. Throw things at the refs. I'm kidding, obviously. Uh, but yeah, don't aim your frustration in the right in the right way. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. But people get frustrated, right, Adam? People get frustrated. Of course they do. And when you're a player, it's not easy when you lose. Explain what you saw with Devontae Adams walking off the field trying to get to the tunnel. So what I saw last night or what I saw today? <laughs> Two different things. Um, I, I think I saw the same angle that everybody else saw last night, which appeared of two people walking and, and intersecting at the same point. And one of them, and being Devontae Adams, just deciding I have the right of way, I'm going to knock this guy over and then walk right past him. And I thought it was pretty egregious and pretty awful. And then I saw the angle from behind Devontae today and was like, oh, (laughs) that's not what happened. You know, it's funny. I saw both angles and I tweeted out both angles. It didn't change my mind at all of what I saw in the first angle. Well, there's. In in terms of my uh, displeasure with the behavior of the Raider receiver. Well, in the aftermath, for sure. I think everybody can agree with that. But I think the actual push, where last night it seemed like he probably saw the guy, he absolutely 100% did not see that guy. There's no chance he saw him. And so, okay. essentially... So what, what do you do when someone walks in front of you? I would generally stop and kind of tiptoe and go, hey, okay. I think I would, I, My first reaction wouldn't be to extend my arms and throw the person to the ground. Well, I think that's generally what we all think, but we also are in a place where, like, what, four or five times a week, the last four weeks, we've seen people run on the field and get in the way of people. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think it's a different situation. I was, I was hoping you were going to throw me... You know, let, let, me, let me play... Uh, we had Akbar on yesterday, uh, Bajaj Biamilo, who played for the Raiders, and now was on the talk, and he was on the CBS show this morning, and he went down this path about how the tunnel and interfering with players in the tunnel was really the big issue. That guy is walking into Devontae Adams as he's going into the tunnel. Right. High emotions. Like, after you played game, he had an embarrassing, um, you know, uh, excuse me, a miscatch, and then he runs into his wide receiver, Hunter Renfro, which could have helped them win the game. Yeah. So he's got all these emotions he's dealing with. He's exiting the game, and then somebody's walking into him, mm-hmm. and he it's almost like kind of, hey, move out the way. So okay. I'm saying. I don't know. There's some I'm, people seem to no, disagree I'm saying, with I'm, you. I'm telling yeah. you guys, having been on that, where your emotions, yeah. you're clouded, you don't have enough time. Afterwards, you can think about it, but when you have all those emotions fresh off the game, there's a reason why they should clear the tunnel. Yes, it's the tunnel issue. You, know, you hear the crowd. You hear the crowd there starts to grumble. Yeah. I'm going to throw this at you, right? Uh-huh. Because this is what we're going to get from a lot of athletes. As if none of us have played sports and had to deal with losing. <laughs> or none of us work and get frustrated at work. Or we drive or we walk or we get frustrated. I'll give you a very basic scenario. Who's more fired up, borderline angry on a minute-by-minute basis? Me or Devontae Adams? You. Yes. And I've, I've seen you. I swear on I've everyone's life I know. If, if, if someone walked in front of me and I knock, first of all, I wouldn't throw them down. If I knock them down, 
my immediate reaction would be to stop, stare, and walk up the tunnel. I'm sorry. No, that's that. You're that's not the going issue. to change. You're not going to change my mind on that. That's the issue. I, I look. I I have fully come around. I do not think he ever saw the guy. I think it was a natural. Like, whoa, get away from me! Knock him down. I don't have any problem with that at all at this point. But when you do it, because I think it was at a spur of the moment. Like I literally saw the guy when he was right in front of me, and just whoa, what is this? Knock him down. Right. Okay. And then. That's when the problem starts, because he didn't then just go over to the hey man I you know that you came out from out of nowhere my bad like help him up, that would be your reaction, it but was it wasn't GT, it was GTF, to stare GTFO yeah. my yeah. way it was to stare and the guy down listen again I'm, I before before you finish we all get frustrated often okay the the action is not violence in the workplace and I'll even I'll even buy the to the smallest percent that, hey, Fandeman run on the field. He didn't know it was in front of him. Maybe he was protecting himself. I don't believe that. Continue. So, yeah. So, But my, my thing is, not, it, like, I, I am, after that, the angle from behind him, I'm totally at the point where I don't have a problem at all with him knocking the guy down because I don't think he knew what it was. And if you look at what Devontae Adams said after the game, look at his quotes. He said right after the game, some dude just ran in front of me, and I was like, what the heck, and just knocked him down. And, you know, I'm sorry to that guy. I hope he's okay. And then he tweeted out a little bit later mm-hmm. a different kind of angle because I think he saw it and said, oh, that's that guy was just walking just like I was. Like he didn't – he thought – when he was talking in the locker room, he thought that guy had just run in front of him in his path. It turned out they were just both walking to the same area. Now the whole right. – what, what you just pointed about, what, what Akbar said, I'll tell you this. I just listened to a former baseball general manager who said the exact same thing. Said players have the right to the tunnel. They have the right to, in his case, he said the stairs in the dugout. This is this is so absurd. I, th- I think the it right. is too. Like they're not. There's there's, there's dozens still of people on. There's dozens of people right. on the field. We can all act like adults and stay somewhat composed and not throw people to the ground. I agree with you. Be a human being. Like you're still a human, even though you're emotional and all those other things. And I get the emotions of the loss and all those other things, but you're still human. Like, you don't have more right to walk a certain way than anybody else does. You just don't. Like, they're both human beings. But, I, like, that's the, the athlete side, and I disagree with it. But to the point of what happened here, I absolutely think he never saw the person until he pushed him. He just right. came up and knocked him down. But the aftermath is where the huge problem comes in. You have to go help the guy up. You have to be like, hey, man, my bad, sorry, make sure he's okay. You can't just knock him down, stare him down, and walk away. That looks really bad. And that, that, just, that's a, that part is the indictment on you, not the actual knocking him down because you didn't see him. And so many Raiders fans, and maybe there's a lot of them trolling, so many coming to his defense and now saying the guy did it on purpose. Yeah. He was trying to get a lawsuit. Like, it's just a guy – Holding whatever he was holding, uh, you know, and a he, mic stand. And he wasn't looking he, where he was going. He, yeah, he wasn't looking where he was going. It happens. We've all been, well, you and I have been on the field, you know. I mean, we've we've all walked on the Las Vegas Strip, you know. Right. People walk in front of you, and it's funny. An hour and a half ago, we had Miles Simmons on, and he said one of the things that drives him nuts is so many people's lack of self-awareness. <laughs> yeah. Believe me, I'm on board with that. Yeah. It drives me crazy as well. Well, and I, I'm, I'm – I know I'm different in the fact that if somebody bumped into me and knocked me over, I would apologize to them. Like that's who I know I, you that's would. Who I, I was, dude. I was waiting. I was waiting for you, Adam Hill, to come in here and and say that you wouldn't have helped the guy up. I I've seen you. You feel like you're an imposition, yeah. even if you're a thousand percent in the right. 
in a situation where someone's bumped or someone gets knocked down, I know what you would do. No, I mean, like, I, I go to concert festivals and music festivals all the time. I pretty much am just saying sorry the entire, like, I'm oh, sorry, everybody's bumping into each other. Sorry, sorry. Like, you're hitting me, but I'm apologizing. That's just who I am by nature. So, like, I don't get that aspect of, like, get out of my way. But I, I know that most people are. Like, I get that. And I like I said, I think that there is an element of Devontae not having seen the guy just saying, what the heck is this knocking him over? But how do you not stop? How do you just walk right by that? that that's the crazy part to me. Uh, someone sent uh, your guy Vinny, our guy Vinny, over on Raider Nation Radio 920 a question saying, Vinny, is this team unraveling before our eyes? Adams is not known to be a hothead. Pushing a camera guy, slamming his helmets. Is McDaniels losing this locker room? I don't think Do we so. have enough here to even make the suggestion that that could be happening? Because there is some behavior by some people that seems to be out of character. And, yes, some of it comes with losing. What is going on here? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't think that's the case. Like, I think that there's just a lot of frustration. Devontae Adams literally had the quote last week um, about, you know, how he felt after the win and said, you know, I hate losing more than I love winning, so I'm not really that happy right now. Uh but I think that's true. I think that's a big part of it. Um, and I think, like, this is not what a lot of guys signed up for. It's a year, again, coming off a playoff season and high expectations, and they thought that they were going to be right in it, and they're 1-4, and four, and they're not out of it yet. But yeah. I, I, I know the frustrations are boiling over, but I don't think that's a, a sign necessarily of losing losing the team or losing the locker room. Yeah, I just think there's basic decorum, civility, and some of the stuff I'm seeing. And, you know, for the excuses for Adams, I'm – I'm not buying it. And I get even more insulted when athletes start to lecture people on what it's like, you know, to be in a competitive situation. Most people, well, I'm not going to say most people because there's a lot of people, I guess, who are quiet quitting. But people who work, work for survival. They're in pressure situations. You know, and that whole, what was the line from Adams? I hate losing more than I enjoy winning. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of us like that. Yeah. But you, you try to hold it together and not physically get after other people. I mean, I, every three-hour show we do, if I make, like, two mistakes, a, a, a poor re-intro or something else, I'm like, I go home and I'm like, that show sucked. It ruins the whole show. I mean, I think both of us are, are like that for you sure. You know what I mean? So, we're like, we're, you're talking about two super competitive people, and it's, you know, I would I, – I just – and the, I'm 99% are, sure if I, knock someone, if I knock someone over tonight, I'm not just going to be like, hey, I had a bad show. Too bad. You have to deal with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not either. And, like, people people just are different in that. You know, like, we've we've worked with people in the past because like, we both are the same way. It's like, ah, it sucks. Ah, even if it was a great show, ah, we sucked. And there's other people that are yeah. very mediocre and they get off the air and they're like, I was awesome today. You're like, oh, no, you weren't. Like, but th- there is there is that different attitude. And the, people are different in those situations. And they handle differently, you know, the you know the work day or the or the you know the show or the field of play or, or all those different things. They handle them differently, and sometimes you you just don't know when you approach somebody or talk to somebody how they're going to be. But it's it seems like especially Devontae Adams just hates losing, and I I feel that I understand that. Join Cofield and Company on Thursdays for the live 2 to 5 show at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. During all NFL games this season, get 77 cent beers. It's Thursday night football at Silver 7's Flamingo in Paradise. Cofield and Company presents. Grab bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. 
Stick your hand in there. Thanks Dave. to Sierra Gold. Thanks to Sierra Gold here on Eastern for housing the show today. Cofield and company on the road getting ready for the 7 o'clock opener to the season. Puck drops in L.A. Again, 7 o'clock. You want to get by here soon as Chance is going to be here. Uh, Viva Vegas cheerleader is going to be here as well. Lots of giveaways, including a pair of tickets to a future VGK game at the Fortress. It's on Eastern. Thir- or check that, 9465 on Eastern, just south of Serene, so stop on by. It's a Sierra Gold into the bag. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Adam, did you see the note that uh, DJ Thomas, Dion Thomas, is now down, four-star recruits at Liberty, is now down to Gonzaga, Houston, Arizona, UCLA, UNLV, and Florida. What do you think is going to happen? He, I, I don't know much about him. I just think he should go wherever his dad went. <laughs> well, we don't know where his dad went, so. Oh, we do. We do. Was, yes. UNLV. Yes, his dad went to UNLV. Then just go there. At the, beginning, at the beginning of the 90s. Who would you guess is the favorite? I mean, I think he was just at Gonzaga. I know he has some friends at Gonzaga. Yeah. Uh, they probably have a good shot. I think Gonzaga is the favorite. Arizona would be a strong choice. And as I say all the time, UNLV is going to have to match resources to get a guy of this level. So I hope he goes to UNLV. That would be cool. And I know Kevin Kruger and staff have been working on it for a long time. It's interesting that Florida is in the mix, right? Former UNLV assistant is there now as uh, Kevin Kruger lost all of his assistants, got some new replacements in now, very highly qualified staff. Back in the back. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Did Troy Aikman mention something about someone needing to take their dress off? Yeah, after the uh, after the roughing the passer penalty, Aikman was very fired up, which was surprising from a former quarterback who's like, "Enough of this! We got to take the dresses off and get back to playing football." Right. There was a lot of angry from a people guy, from a guy who played quarterback, <laughs> yeah. from a guy who suffered lots of concussions, and frankly, from a guy. I haven't watched a whole lot of Monday Night Football with this new broadcast team on it, and obviously these guys go back whatever together. How, how long have they been together? Like 15 years? My God, I, I still don't get it with Troy Aikman. Oh, uh, dude, it's the broadcast sucks. I don't get it. They came back from break. They came back from break in the middle of the fourth quarter, and Buck throws to Aikman. He could literally say anything, and he just kind of stumbled his way into saying, out of a break, boy, the Raiders really need to stop here. <laughs> There's nothing like more deep football you can mention at all. And like you watch the game, you know, it's. I actually I was going to start texting someone and I'm like, does Aikman, is this his limits or does he limit himself? Like, are these his limits? Like, he just speaks to the most basic fan out there because he, that's, he, that's, and that's why he got 18 mil a year. Like, he's good because he's doing that or that's his limit. Uh, I mean, I've ne- I've always found him to be f- fairly milk toast. God, that's, I think that's just what he is. Now, I, I, there is one other element of the take the dresses off thing because it's yeah. it's been blowing up today, and people are angry. Like he is also somebody whose sexuality was very often questioned. Uh, that's a good point. So now he's calling calling people pansies, and then you know using misogynist language. And I, I so I, yeah, I also want to say like I'm not. You know, I'm not outraged by this because, uh, like, when you have to speak on the air for hours and hours at a time, yeah, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes. And you're going to, you know, say things that you might regret or not want to say. What, I, like, I, I get. That. I'm not going to be outraged about it, but um, maybe you should be a little bit, a little bit more aware as as having dealt with that throughout his entire career. Stick your hand in there, Dave. 
So back to Devontae Adams, who we uh, just spent 10 minutes talking about what good guys we are. Um, what's going to happen to him? I don't know. I, I Look, I think after – Just a fine? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's what I think too. He's not going to get suspended for a game. I don't think so. Man, that would be, Nor should that would he. Be rough. No, I don't think he should. Nor should he. Even though I was lighting him up in terms of decorum and civility, um, he should have acted more responsibly once the guy was knocked to the ground. I I think this is the kind of thing that could happen often at games. And uh, if you're going to suspend a player for a game every time, overstepping a bit. Yeah. And like I said, I think after watching, you know, everybody's watching the first angle. I think after watching the second one, I, th- I changed my mind a lot about it. Again, I, I, I want to see him stop and help the guy. And I think yeah. he probably regrets that part of it. Um, but the actual it was act, It was more of a collision than yeah. a, hey, a guy is – four feet in front of me, and I just decided to walk up to him and push him to the ground. It was a collision. They were yeah. crossing paths. Yeah, it's two guys that met at the exact same point, and one of them is bigger and stronger and was paying a little bit more attention and knocked the other guy down. Like, that's that's kind of where it was. And somebody who at the last second, instead of just bumping into somebody, put their hands up and knocked them over. Well, you just want to see them, hey, man, that's my fault. Shouldn't have done that. Stop, help for two seconds and pick them up. Like, that's what you would have wanted to see. But I don't think it's suspendable. Uh, and this is not, you know, just because I'm covering the team or around them. Like, I just don't, I don't think that's something you suspend somebody for. <laughs> Wouldn't I, it be see, awesome? Look, in the- I saw somebody yeah. today. This is propos- it's, it's somebody who has the worst Twitter account in the world, and I hate that he has such a big following. Said he wants Devonte charged with attempted murder. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> I'm not going to punch down. Or <laughs> I'm not going to be the victim of a troll. I can't do it. Yeah, but it's uh, somebody with a massive following. Yeah. That, that's a, playing that's games. Preposterous. Playing games. Cut it out. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Raiders add some more receivers today? Well, I mean, the practice squad got a big boost with the return of Tyron Johnson. Uh, I've made no mistake about my. Uh, How my, happy are you? My, my you guys didn't run. Session. You guys didn't run your like your week long research feature, right? Not yet. I still can do it now. He's back. You better do it quick. He's back. Is it better be out tomorrow? <laughs> Tell people what you – well, not exactly what you wrote, but what you had planned on and you did it. You wrote a feature on Tyron yeah. Johnson. I, I spent all week last week talking to everyone around the offense, uh, coordinators, uh, coach, Tyron Johnson himself for about 20 minutes, everybody else on the offensive side of the ball, Devontae Adams, he did knock me down, uh, Derek Carr, the rest of the receivers, everyone about the importance of Tyron Johnson and the impact he's had even when he hasn't had a catch all year and he's only played four offensive snaps and then broke down all of his snaps from the All-22 fully of every oh, route that he ran, the guys that were, went up against him, the, what the safeties did to react to him, what the team did in front of him, all of that. And then uh, literally it, like two hours before it was hit, set to publish, they cut him. <laughs> what a nightmare. Back <laughs> but in he's the back. back. Back on the practice squad. Albert Wilson got promoted to the, to the main roster. Yes. Stick your hand was, in there, dude. Point. Um, what's the update? What's going to happen here with Darren Waller and Morrow? Darren Waller hamstring. Uh, Foster Morrow has missed the last couple of games uh, with the knee issue. They didn't put him on IR, so I don't think they believe it's long term. Uh, but Darren Waller hamstring, and he's dealt with he's dealt with some issues already in training camp. Like this seems to be something that's lingering. So we'll have to monitor it. I know it was a one word answer today. Uh, Josh McDaniels was asked, "Darren Waller hurt his hamstring," and he said, "Yep, <laughs> that was it." <laughs> <laughs> well. Don't lead them into an no. easy answer, right? No. Sometimes we uh, we over question. 
So it happens to the the best of but us. But I'll say that that was uh, that was from our friend Paul Gutierrez, who uh, was lamenting that in the media room yes. afterwards. Said, "Why did I do that? Why did I just say what's wrong I'm, with there? Why did I? Why did I ask about the hamstring?" I was watching. I was yeah. watching. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Puck drop coming up here in an hour. You can flip over to uh, Fox thirteen forty and ninety eight nine. That's where the game is going to air. Pre-game, the lead up to the game is going on right now. Who's a better team this year, Adam? Because if I had asked you a year ago, you would you would have laughed at me. Who's a better team this year, the Kings or the Knights? I still think I still think it's the Knights. Uh, obviously, the Kings overachieved last year, had a really good season until the postseason. But I think the Knights are better. Sierra Gold on Eastern. Chance is coming. Chance is coming. You got to stop by. We've got VGK tickets to a home game in the future. Tons of prizes. The VGK cheerleaders are going to be here as well. PT's gift cards and great specials. Food and drink starts as low as 4 bucks. So take advantage of it. Watch the opener for the Golden Knights.